Good Thursday afternoon to your family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. Join us today as we continue our discussion on fear, specifically talking about when I'm afraid, in whom do I put my trust? Hope you'll join us. Scripture comes from Psalm 56 3 that says, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Historically, David wrote Psalm 56 when he was seized by the Philistines while running from Saul's army. David thought he might find refuge there if the Philistines had forgot who he was. But some servants of the king soon said, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. So they seized him. We find David in this text running for his life from one murderer with an army of soldiers into another jealous and dangerous enemy. Yet we also find David acknowledging that the danger, the trial, the fear is real. He doesn't deny being afraid in Philistine confines or in hiding from Saul. I'm afraid he's confessing in this text. But, you know, historically it's also said, or if we continue reading, you know, it also says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. I'm afraid for the moment, but I know where to turn when I'm afraid. And when I cast my fears on him, he casts away all my fears. I shall not be afraid. And the question that I wanted to talk to you about today is, have you ever thought about the fears that creep in your heart most? I mean, perhaps no one in this podcast that's listening or in our listening family is having the experience that David has. Nobody perhaps is is not running for their life. Yet I often think about the fears that creep in my mind. Lately, I've been thinking about fears of what's next or the fears of when you change a routine that you've constantly done. Case in point, for the last three years, I've worked a second job at a at a bookstore. And this coming uh, Saturday will be my last shift, the last you know day at that position. 
And while the reasons I'm no longer continuing the position are all valid, where I live now, you know, it's not on a bus line, so it's not necessarily easily accessible. The other one is I really don't get the same amount of hours that I used to get. And on top of that, you know, I recently got accepted into a doctoral program. So the experience of trying to figure out how to balance your work life with your family life and your new responsibilities that are required to take the courses in the doctoral program, they all, you know, involve you having a strategy and an action plan. Yet, the Chris that I am is also a person that likes to be busy. Maybe I get that from my father. I don't know. So I often find myself as it gets closer to this Saturday thinking to myself, what do you mean I'm not going to be working a shift on Saturday or after church on Sunday or Sunday afternoons? What do you mean? What do people who don't work a second job really do on Saturday and Sunday? Maybe I'm fearing that open space, that open time, because for me, I like routines. I like the ability to know that I'm going to be doing this from this time to this time, and then this from this time to this time. And I I just, that's just how I am. So this new experience of open space to figure that out is like, what what you mean? Well, what we going to do? I I don't know if I'm going to like this. I don't, I don't know if I'm really if this is going to work for me, you mean I'm not going to be able to do something that I've consistently done for three years anymore, you know? And I think, you know, ultimately what I'm trying to say, maybe that's not your experience. Maybe, you know, you don't have the experience of quitting a second job or, you know, thinking about what you'll do in a new routine. Maybe, you know, you have people that are listening to the podcast or maybe people's or experiences or their fears about obtaining a position or the experience. I know that some of the graduate students here are going through are hoping that someone will hire you. You spent all this time going to graduate school. Where in the world is this job? Or maybe even if you haven't gone to graduate school, you're in the experience of applying for work in that waiting period where you're dealing with interviews and second interviews and so forth and so forth. Or I have one friend that's watching other people get the jobs that, you know, she wanted to get, or they haven't called her back, but they've called all these other people. There's experiences of that. There's some people that are, you know, facing fears about their health. Or if you look at the political climate, there are people that are facing fears about the upcoming election, or maybe it's for parents. It's the fear about the welfare of your kids and wanting the best for them and all of the responsibilities and decisions that come with that. Or my barber this week was just talking about fear as it relates to health as he's discovered that he now has uh, possibly a blood pressure problem. Or for some people, it's fear about faith. Wherever you find yourself, the question is, when you're in fear, Where do you put your trust when I'm afraid? Where do I put my trust when I'm afraid? Where do I put my trust? We're talking about the fears that creep in because they can be very real and very valid like David's fears were. When we look at our text today, the question that stands out in my mind 
is anytime you see someone move from I'm afraid to I shall not be afraid, the questions that comes to mind is how do they do that? And I know we didn't cover that, but I'll read the, the scripture for you. It says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. Those verses is what I'm talking about. You know, when David has put his trust in God, he put his trust, even his praise in God, who in God's word. He didn't pray vague prayers of hope, but anchored his pain and longing and fear in specific promises of God. When I'm afraid, I cling to you in your word. Instead of dwelling on the terrifying mountains in front of me, I set my mind on what you have said to those who love you. Suddenly, the threats no longer seem threatening because they're being drowned out by a louder voice. What's my point? What do you put your trust in when you're afraid? We know what David's done. David has put his trust in God. Yet, here's the reality of it each and every day, and I think the application of everyday life. Trusting God sounds like a good thing to do. But if we're honest, and it, it, let's be real, it can also be the right thing to do. I'm not debating, you know, or trying to say I'm wrong or that this, this statement and, and the thematic things that we're going have gone over are wrong. Here's what I am saying. Yet the statement, the statement trusting God can sometimes, if we're honest, feel like an empty platitude. Here's why. I mean, have you ever had the experience of talking to people wherever you meet them and they're telling you their experiences or you know people's experiences? I mean, I just found out I have cancer. What do you mean, trust God? You know, I don't even read the Bible like that. What do you mean, trust God, when you say that? What does that mean? I haven't worked in months. What do you mean, trust God? I have never even met the God that you're speaking of. What do you mean, trust God? These bills keep piling up, asking for money that I don't have. What do you mean when you say, trust God? I've seen specialists. I'm taking this medication. I'm going to therapy. Yet the heavy cloud keeps hitting me in my face every morning like clockwork. So what do you mean when you say, trust God? Here's what I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that we're saying in these statements. I believe it's a true experience and reality and perception uh, that we, when we're faced with, whatever your experience may be, that we wonder in these cases if God is truly trustworthy. And if he is, then how are we supposed to trust him when our fears loom and our faith fails? How do you trust him when our fears loom and our faith fails? In the last podcast, I told you that everyone starts with the same measure of faith and that we should be growing it. That's still true. It's also true that fighting our fears is not a one and done act. Fighting our fears is not a one and done act. Fighting our fears is continual. Personally, I don't know if you're like me or if you've had this experience. I lose count at the number of times I want things to be one and done. But fighting our fears is not one and done. And if you ever want to know what continual means, it means frequently recurring, always happening. Fighting our fears is a continual practice, much like renewing our mind is a continual practice. Trusting God is a continual practice. Trusting God is a continual practice. It's not a one and done. 
I mean, think about it this way. We could play every single praise song, every positive motivational speaker that you know and know of. We could pour every affirmation over you that's possible. You can listen to them daily. You can go to every conference and hear amazing speakers, preachers, teachers. And by mentioning this, Please know I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. Yet my point is when the conference session ends, when the music stops, when the band goes home, here's what we know for sure. It doesn't necessarily mean that our fears have vanished. It doesn't mean that our fears have vanished. The circumstances, the situation that we're facing could still be there. But the encouraging word for our spirit today is where are we placing our trust when we face these fears? Are we really understanding that fighting our fears is a continual practice, a continual thing that we do each and every day? There's no one and done. There's not I conquered that. I am over. And we really need to think about what it is that we're, you know, placing our our trust in are we trusting God to be true to his promises do we even know what the promises are do we even know what the nature of Abba is toward us and for us are we defining these experiences or defining what we believe this trust in to just be on what the experience is if Abba loved me then he this wouldn't happen to me those two are not related that's, that's just not I know there are a lot of people that that out there that really say that but if you believe that, you know, a relationship with Abba would mean that your life doesn't experience some pain, problems, wrong life, everybody's life experiences that. Yet what is our practice during the hard times, during the seasons of our life where things are happening, when our fears that we're facing seem to be? Meet us and greet us each and every day. What's our practice in addressing them? Are we understanding? Are we thinking about our measure of faith and growing it and believing and being present in the moment to know that Abba is greater than the circumstance that we uh, face? That perhaps it's not the circumstance, but it's what that needs to be produced through you in this circumstance. I know sometimes that it won't make any sense. We don't want to understand why, because our logic and our mind and rationale, we want to make it be so many things. But my point, if you remember nothing else today, is that fighting our fears is a continual process. Much like renewing your mind is a continual process. We do have to face our fears. We do have to confront things. We do have to, at times, you know, check on our health, work on our mental health. Those are the things that we do each and every day. And I wish I had an answer to say that, you know, I could snap my fingers or if you do just this, this, this and this, that life will be better. I don't have those promises. I can't promise you that. No one can. Yet what I can promise you for certain is that fighting our fears is a continual practice. Renewing your mind is a continual practice. And you really need to sit and think when you're looking at the fears that creep in, because they're going to happen. There's no way that it won't happen. Everybody has fears about something. Maybe the fears that you have are not about any things that I mentioned today. Cool. That's fine. No problem at all. But when they do come up, what's in your toolkit to fight those fears? 
just something I wanted to share for you today. I hope that whatever I've said and all that I've said has encouraged and empowered your mind, your spirit, and your soul. Think about it this way. When your fears come up, what fears you know creep in your heart most? What are those? Write those down. Also, remember that fighting your fear is a continual process. Renewing your mind is a continual process. Remember that we all have the same measure of faith. And what does that mean for you? What does your faith look like? How are you using that? How are you growing that? I hope you'll reach out and share that with us, encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. I'm Chris. That's all I have for you today. Let's close with a word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for another day. We thank you for being exceedingly and abundantly uh, more than we can ever imagine or think. We thank you for being wonderful and kind and gracious and giving to each and every one of us. We thank you for your love that is overwhelming, that is always with us, that there's no circumstance, no situation that we can be in, face, past, present, or future, that your love will not sustain us. You are the God who heals. You are the God who listens. You are the God who provides. You are the God who is always there. Help us as we continue to grow and we continue to learn and to go deeper into these scriptures and what you're saying to know who you are for us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. See y'all next week.